And we are back for the last time <laughs> this year, as it is the season five finale of the Media Boat Podcast, your weekly one-stop talk shop of movies, TV, music, and video games. Not necessarily in that order. My name is Mike. His name is Matt. Uh, my name is Matt. His name is Mike. Hey, it's uh, it's the end of the year. Is the as we know it. As you know it, yes, and I feel fine. Um, yeah, welcome. Uh, this is the Media Boat Podcast. As he said, it is December thirty first, twenty twenty two. Tomorrow, when the clock strikes midnight, it will be twenty twenty three. Can you believe it? And Hashtag meet me at midnight. Right into the new season of the Media Boat Podcast. Yes, we'll be back, of course. But that's not all the Media Boat Podcast you get today. If you're a podcast subscriber, you'll see later today our final wrap-up episode of the year we've wrapped up the year in music video games television and movies not in that order but guess what we're not done because we have one final wrap-up episode coming to your feed today that will uh wrap up the year in everything else um obviously we don't go too you know hard on like politics and world events but we're going to give you a light sprinkle of the things that happened this year and then the best part is we're going to do a little crystal ball prediction uh, going into what we expect for next year. Spoilers. It's some of our favorite things. Yes. 2023, a lot of stuff got pushed back to next year, and a lot of cool stuff is happening next year. So, and hey, we might have a couple of uh, special guests rolling in for this one. So stay tuned. Yes. But in the meantime... That will not be a part of this episode. That's going to no. be the upcoming episode. Right. Uh, that will be the 2022 Yes. End of the year special. That's what I was referring to. Yes. But this is <laughs> our regular ass season five finale. Yes. Episode 364. Yes, we must show our regular asses uh one yes. last time before we go into our 2023 asses uh next week. So let's get rolling uh right into it. I'll just uh I'll just blaze through here. Oh, okay. Yeah, why not? Uh because yeah, time is of the essence today. We are recording that wrap up right after this. So fun fact, a little behind the scenes for you. <laughs> All right, let's go straight into music, because that's how we always start the show, or at least I think it will still be how we start the show going into the new year. Well, it might be a new year next week, but for the Billboard, it's still Christmas time. Yeah, it's still Christmas on the Billboard Hot 100, because this is last week's chart. Your number one was still Mariah Carey, with All I Want for Christmas is You. Number two, Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree by Brenda Lee. Number three, Jingle Bell Rock by Bobby Holmes. Number four, Holly Jolly Christmas by Burl Ives. And rounding out your top five, Last Christmas by Wham. Uh, hey, and, top five this year for the first time. Um, but hey, congratulations. Uh, that's by Wham and not the Last Christmas movie by Amelia Clark. Sorry, <laughs> Amelia Clark. Very different. Moving on to your albums chart. SZA is still number one with S.O.S., that's her second week at number one. Congratulations. That means she is now the second uh, female artist in the calendar year of 2022 to have a multiple week number one album after Taylor. So congratulations. Which is funny because she is right before Taylor. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> number two is Midnight's by Taylor Swift. Number three, Indigo by RM. That moved up the chart from being down in the 40s. Um, so that's a re that's a return this week. Number four, Heroes and Villains by Metro Boomin. And then number five, Christmas by Michael Bublé. So yeah, he will be the only Christmas album to chart this year in the top five. 
uh, like I said, um, Pentatonic's new album next year. Expect it. <laughs> yeah, watch watch this space for that. Next up, we do have new releases this week. Only a couple. Um, we have Lies They Tell Our Children by Anti-Flag. And then Every Loser by Iggy Pop. Yes, that Iggy Pop. Yeah, that Iggy Pop. So yeah. Also, these uh, will be your first new releases of the new year. Yes, this will be the 6th. Friday the 6th, these will be released. So there you go. Then uh, Slow Music Week, but we do have one uh, story. Kind of a downer, but it was the only thing I could find of note. Everything else was basically... Here's a and list of this. List. Here's a recap yes. of this. And I was like, all right, Variety, you got to have one story buried in here. And it's about the drummer for Modest Mouse. You all know Modest Mouse. Well, Jeremiah Green, the drummer and co-founder of rock band Modest Mouse, unfortunately has been diagnosed with stage four cancer. The band announced Green's diagnosis on its official Instagram on Tuesday night. Quote, some of you may have already heard, but I figured it would be good to hear the news directly from our camp, said lead singer Isaac Brock. Jeremiah was diagnosed with cancer a short while ago, and he's currently in treatment. It seems to be going smoothly and making a positive difference. Jeremiah, as am I, are believers in the power of positive energy. So if you would be so kind as to send good vibes, to quote Jeremiah, in the direction of Jeremiah and his family, that'd be great. So, um, yeah. Uh, thoughts go out to Modest Mouse and friends and family of Mr. Jeremiah Green. Mm -hmm. I hope that he recovers quickly. It also follows the continuing story of 2022, which is musicians revealing diagnosis and illnesses and how they're going to treat and go about it. I think it's smart. I think it's about transparency. I mm -hmm. think in the past, you know, you had people just drop off the face of the earth and then years later you'd find out, oh, they were struggling with cancer for, you know, decade and we didn't know. And I think getting ahead of it, explains to fans like, hey, you're not going to get tour for a while. Maybe it'll be slower release schedule. It's like that transparency allows a better communication between fans and uh, the bands and also leads to less rumors and controversy surrounding a artist's or band's departure. It's, I also I wonder how much of that is contributed with social media that an artist or band can immediately put out a statement rather than something yeah. going to a, an article or a magazine or yeah. like a news story. We did see this kind of conversation pop up a lot in 2022, which is where is the line there? And I think mm -hmm. that um, transparency is good, but can, like you're kind of alluding to, it can be dangerous because you don't want to have the fans know too much about your per personal life. And that that line is very blurry now. I mean, we had this conversation kind of come up around the speculation of artist sexuality uh, that came up a bunch this year, you know, not only with the obvious one, Taylor Swift, but in a lot of smaller artists and a lot of smaller spaces, including um, elsewhere in, in entertainment. One of the co-stars of Heartstopper had this happen to him. Um, I guess he was not actually out in real life. Uh, fans speculated about his sexuality. And then he had to basically tell everybody the truth because he felt pressured to do so. It's not great. And that line needs to be very carefully treaded upon. But when it's coming from the person themselves and they're getting ahead of something, I think that transparency is warranted and good. So, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's a dangerous social media world out there. You got to be careful how you navigate it. Yeah, because that is a dangerous line between wanting to tell people yourself and then being pressured from outside sources to make that announcement. Yeah. Anyway, so with that out of the way, is there any thoughts about music this week? Did we listen to anything? Uh, oh, yes. One thought. Okay. 
and that is why Holly Jolly Christmas and Burl Ives keeps appearing in the top five. <laughs> why, so why Why? do you think that's a Christmas problem? parties happened um, yeah. this past week since we last recorded pre-Christmas. And putting on Spotify, every song, like after we play a Christmas song, immediately the next song was always A Holly Jolly Christmas by Burl Ives. It didn't matter what song it was, it was always the next song. You think the Burl Ives estate has made this happen? Like, they, they think they're signing some checks here? It's just like, hey, just like, be the first in holiday Christmas songs. <laughs> Burl Ives are bust. You must include him 15 times on your playlist. I, I just thought it was funny, because we, like, did, like, five different random songs, all Christmas-themed. But immediately, the very next song was always a Hall of Jolly Christmas. I just describe it to the boomers. It's got to be those boomers who grew up with those um, those Rankin-Bass Christmas specials and yeah. love that Burl Lives version specifically. It's got to be, right? Maybe. All right. That's my insight of music oh, this week. There's your quote thought, unquote. Yes. No <laughs> new music. Calm thoughts. Week. Yeah, we'll talk about next next week for maybe some real thoughts. Yes. Maybe not. Uh, we'll move on now to the second section, which is video games. No new releases. First new releases come out the week after next, so look forward to that. And our one story this week is about Super Smash Brothers co-creator and game director Masahiro Sakurai. Um, Sakurai has a little bit of a reputation for being a hard worker. Um, over the course of the development of a lot of Smash Brothers games, he's been known to like work super long hours, run himself ragged. But because he believes he's a perfectionist and he believes in like making those Super Smash Brothers games the best they possibly can. I mean, Ultimate is a testament to this. It is a ridiculous game packed Mm -hmm. with so many characters and stages like the man put in some work on that. So I don't blame him for announcing the following. Uh, Turns out he says he's now semi-retired in a new interview. That's according to a newly published Japanese conversation translated by Japan-based Push Dust In. I've never heard of this. Quote, Sakurai confirms that he is semi-retired, the translator summarizes. He is 52, after all. When Smash for 3DS and Wii U and Ultimate, he spent nine years in active development. Sakurai felt that if he is just continuously making games full-time, his life will be over before he realizes it. End quote. Sakurai reportedly adds that he is doing well health-wise, and that he's currently taking it easy on weekends, in addition to running his new YouTube channel, in which he shares game design tips um so not only is this just good advice like take a break dude if you've been working nine years straight on these video games but also it's important to note here uh the cultural uh relevance of this uh japan is a country known that that known for making their creatives work way too hard and that's why they often die young you see this a lot with manga artists it's a very like unfortunate tradition that they don't usually live into their 60s 70s i think there are exceptions of course uh Heo Miyazaki comes to mind. Uh, he's been doing it way longer than he probably should. Um, <laughs> but like, there, but generally, yeah, you see a lot of these tragic uh, lives of these uh, manga artists and video game developers because of how hard they work. And of course, none of us want that for Sakurai. I mean, he's a brilliant guy. He brought us Kirby, for God's sake. He is the father of Kirby, the Smash Brothers series. Like, he is game royalty. Let the poor guy rest. Like, it's okay. In my opinion, it's okay if we don't get a Smash Brothers for a while. If it means that he's getting, you know, well-earned, deserved time to do whatever he wants. It's funny that you bring up uh, Hayao uh, Miyazaki, because he's also someone who has 
retired several mm -hmm. times and then unretired. Mm -hmm. And it's the Michael Jack uh, uh, Jordan uh, slash Tom Brady complex, right? It's like they feel like they can't retire because who fits into their shoes? No one. Right, and not because they spent all their money gambling on FTX. <laughs> well, debatably. <laughs> not because they're just a lonely, divorced man. Uh, <laughs> enough about Tom Brady. Uh, let's move on to thoughts. Uh, uh, we have yeah, I mean, thoughts. 52 is... Yeah, 52 is... 52, yeah, that's a decent retirement. I mean, early exactly. retirement, which is good. Early retirement, but yeah, but to put, put on Smash Brothers Ultimate, yeah, you kind of deserve it after okay. that yeah. uh but interesting to see what he does next if he comes back to nintendo if he does something else or if he just you know stays retired and be like yeah i made that game i would love to see him chill because i feel like naming a game smash brothers ultimate really says what you says what it does on the tin which is like this is it guys yep we don't need to make another one of these we made the ultimate one yep. they did all right Video game thoughts. It was the holidays. Uh, there were video games and family, and so video games were played. You played a couple of Switch games this week. Yes, Chris has uh, blessed me with some <laughs> Switch Nintendo Switch games, nice, including Nintendo Switch Sports. Yes, Nintendo Switch Sports. I talked about this earlier in the year, uh, yes. briefly. Didn't spend a whole lot of time with it. However, you actually live with, like, you have a lot of people sometimes coming into your camp. So you were able to take advantage of the lot of the multiplayer here. Yes, especially in bowling and volleyball <laughs> and tennis and smacking balls around. It was. Yes, I, I saw yeah. you get ma massacred in bowling. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> apparently, the Wii bowling physics just rolled right over, pun intended, because <laughs> uh, playing with someone who grew up with Wii bowling was there quote-unquote pastime and mm -hmm. childhood it just felt natural to them and like okay like i'm doing this and <laughs> oops like uh like the closest bowling i've gotten to is the uh a couple of years ago the club 50 games i think there was a bowling one in there yeah so kind of the same style but you know you get your own me you get your team there is one thing though that i don't like about it Okay. And that is that in order to unlock more outfits and more customization, you have to play online. Yes, that is true. Um, which means that if only one of us has an online subscription, only one of us can get all the like decorated stuff. You can't, it's not shared, and anything you earn in one profile does not transfer to a second profile. Yeah, not great. Um, I remember that being a complaint of a lot of people initially. Who were just expecting it to use it as just like Wii Sports, their own like couch co-op like or competitive family game experience mm -hmm. instead of buying yourself because it's kind of antithetical to the Wii Wii Sports slash Switch Sports like uh, concept, right? It's like I'm not going to play this by myself against people on the internet. No one's going to do this, and yet that's the only way to progress. No, well, no, you can like have fun couch co-op up to yeah. four players. Uh, you can also do like nearby switch screens sure that's different it's different it's different the way that the the meaning of progress means different to like different things to different people and i think the people who are going to care about unlocking shit are going to be disappointed and i think that they can't just play with their friends right you got to spend the 20 dollars to go online for the whole year yeah uh, but yeah, otherwise, uh, I tried out the new golf mode that was part of the new DLC. Yeah, how's that? And it is uh, Mario Golf Rush. 
Oh, it's that. Every, okay. Everyone plays at the same time. Yeah. Everyone's hitting the same time. You're trying to get the ball in both the fastest and under strokes. Is that the only mode or is there a... the only mode? Really? Yeah. That's kind of surprising. It is. Um, there's 18 holes. Mm-hmm. So they rotate between the different holes for course of nine. It's got like, put them on shuffle. Yeah, they just put them on shuffle. So it feels like it's a new course every time because it's out of order every time. But eventually, like you just play the same holes just in different orders. It's like a golf roguelike. It is a golf roguelike. <laughs> <laughs> if you earn that uh, that iron in a uh, hole three, you're not going to get it back until you play again. <laughs> anyway. Anyways, uh, I think that actually the golf physics might be better in Mario Golf because it's built, actually built for it. Well, I mean, also a much bigger game. Uh, yeah, a much bigger game, yeah. It's more focused on just golf. Yep. Yeah, because some of the power for to putt is like, oh, like I moved it like just not, not that far, just this. Yeah. But it's like, no, it just you, it went like super far out. I mean, you would think that like with a decade and decade plus over the original week off that they would have improved those motion physics. But no. No, <laughs> no, no. no. Overall, how much do you think you're going to play Switch Sports going forward? Because I bought this thinking this is going to be staple, and we play a lot more Mario Kart over here than we do Switch Sports. Uh, it's a lot to move around. I mean, especially like rainy days, if you want to like get moving, yeah, can't move outside, so you want to like move yeah. around like tennis and like bowling. Also, fun with people around. Yeah. So it's a good party game, but yeah, uh, like like you said, um. Not really a fun single play adventure. Always best played with someone else. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, they, I don't know why they built it the way they did then, because it seems like, like I said, antithetical. But eh, you know, mm-hmm. Nintendo's going to Nintendo. Yep. All right, but that's not the only thing you played. You you did some catch up on one of uh, my top five games of the year. Yes, I got Pokemon this year. Yes, the uh, Scarlet version. All right, how far are you? Um, I am just about to get released from school. Oh, so you just finished the tutorial, essentially. Yeah. Okay. So you have so barely you barely scratched the surface on this thing. I don't know because um my aqueduct is uh <laughs> level fifteen now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So once the tutorial's over, uh, yeah, we'll catch up next week then because. Once you get into the actual like stories and like the mechanics, I'm curious what you think about it because yeah, because it I just, just so I got Miradon, uh-huh. um, and they just went through like oh like meet these people and here's yeah. the story elements right story you just element got the star, story element for the champion you, like the explanation for the three quests yeah, so, yeah. Uh, the story element for the titans yeah and I think it's gonna roll right into the story the element for uh, the special adventure, whatever it is. So, yeah, by the time you leave the the school, you'll have all three of those quests started. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. That is one thing that I did notice is that I tried to, like, run around and try not to go to the school initially. Yeah. But no, yeah. everything was either blocked off or pointed me to the school. Trust me, you don't want to because beyond there, yeah, once you get unleashed... You'll have a lot more tools at your disposal to do so, and you're going to need those tools. Just wait. But yeah, no, like, yeah, we'll catch up next week then and talk about more of the meat of the game once you play it a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, Other than that, yeah, I've seen a lot of the technical issues that people are complaining about. Yeah. A lot of the 
Frey drops a lot Believe of Believe it or not, it was worse uh, before the December 1st patch. Uh, okay. So you dodged a bullet there. Even in cities, it was like chug, 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 chug at first. And they've improved cities, at least, a little well, bit. I'm playing it docked. Is it better to play it docked or handheld? So that is the question. And you, it used to be when the Switch launched, everybody was saying, oh, docked games work better because it can access more internal memory if you're on the dock. Nintendo apparently has reversed that. And I don't mean the technology, because obviously that's a fact. So like, there mm-hmm. is more memory access. But for whatever reason, around the time that Metroid Dread came out, I remember people talking about this, that, oh, Dread runs better in handheld mode. And people are saying, yeah, Scarlet and Violet also inexplicably work better slightly in handheld mode. Um, docked, you're going to see a little bit more frame dropping. The argument is, is because Docked runs 1080p, whereas... It's always 720. 720 on the handheld. And so because you're not coming in with those higher resolution assets, the game can run a slight bit smoother. Uh, that's the argument I've heard. So, yeah, you're going to probably get slightly better performance handheld. Okay. But yeah, it, I, I played I think... virtually all of it uh, like so far on docked, and I didn't really. I didn't care. I did it anyways. All right. I do see several of those complaints that people are have mentioned, like running into buildings is now just puts up a pop-up menu for some stuff it's just, um it yeah. is but at least like the pokemon centers being out in the open really like that feature guys yeah, yeah and now you can see in them see them on the horizon actually comes in handy later yeah. in the open world when you're like oh, i need a pokemon center and you see that glorious white pokeball on the horizon you're like there's one over there <laughs> great it's a great feeling so yeah uh, yeah, there's things like I said in the the, the wrap up, and even before that, on my thoughts, like it's a very ambitious game with a lot of great things that I really, really like. That's just hindered by some technical choices that I think they just had to sacrifice uh, mm-hmm. on, and it's disappointing that they had to make those sacrifices. But we'll see what happens as they patch it and hopefully update it going forward. I would love to see some DLC for this thing. Uh, I'm not quite wrapped up, in fact. Uh, Christy over here is further than I am now. She is a champion. Of you got Caldea. the champion? <laughs> she is the champion. Uh, well, actually, it seems like this game implies that champion is no longer one person. It is a rank. Yes, it is a ranked champion. So, <laughs> so yeah, she's a champion of Caldea is what I'll say. So, congratulations to her. I'm not quite there. So, yeah, we'll, we will catch up later. Uh, I played a game. Uh, not a whole lot of it, so I don't have a whole lot to talk about. I got uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, uh, the 2022 Modern Warfare 2, I should be specific. Not, I didn't go back and grab a copy of 2009's banger, <laughs> the th- Xbox 360 game, Modern Warfare 2. Uh, but yeah, uh, this is the brand new Call of Duty. Uh, this is the one that come, came out hand in hand with Warzone 2.0. I've only so far jumped into uh, some team deathmatch multiplayer in Modern Warfare 2 proper. First thing I want to say is, well, obviously it's Call of Duty, you know what you're expecting. But first thing I want to say is, oh my god, the menus are a disaster in this thing. I had no idea what I was doing. You start it up and it assumes you want to play Warzone. <laughs> so, Modern Warfare 2 stuff is buried. You have scrolled down three tiers to even see it. And then when you go there, you start that up, and it still assumes that you want to do Warzone. Then you have to go down to go navigate to multiplayer, which is separate. By the way, campaign is even more buried. You have to go four tiers down on that screen to find 
the campaign. It's not even called campaign. It's like mission one or something like that. It's very nondescript. I'm like, what? How do they expect anyone to naturally like do anything here if they don't want to play Warzone? It's so weird. It's like the strangest video game menu I've ever seen in my life. It's impenetrable. So when I finally get there, I'm like, okay, this is what I'm familiar with. Multiplayer mode. I can filter the the, the playlist like I want. So yeah, I jumped into a couple of uh, team deathmatch matches. Yeah, it's Call of Duty. It seems like the maps are kind of neat. It definitely looks better. Uh, the um, shooting is a little bit more realistic, which to me is unfortunate because... It's a lot of recoil on the shots and you're like you're like when you shoot the gun kind of waves all over the place. So it's really hard to like pinpoint shots. But again, more realistic, I guess, for people who are looking for that. Um, but it was fun. It's still fun. It's still Call of Duty multiplayer. It's still a blast when you get that lucky round where you get like five kills in a row and you're just barely hanging on and you get your missile launch perk and you get somebody right as they're going to like attack your friends. It's cool. And it felt more tactical i think than the past maybe because i was on a small map but um yeah i'm excited to play more of that and of course i'm playing more fortnite uh i was gonna because... say which one are you gonna go back to though fortnite or i mean fortnite's a daily thing now because there's daily quests to do i mean there's dailies in modern warfare as well yeah. there's a battle pass there as well i mean all the video games are this now uh but but i also need to check that item shop every day in fortnite we're waiting to see when they uh put ariana grande back in the store we really want to be Ariana Grande. <laughs> it's exciting. But yeah, besides that, it's been mostly, still mostly Fortnite over here. Uh, nothing really besides that. All right. Um, other than that, I've played um, Marvel Snap. The season is ending this week. New season will start on Monday. And I don't know if I should tell you what rank I'm at. No, I know. Dude, I listened to a podcast this week where somebody said that they were ranked like 14,000 on like the unlockable stuff. And I was like, Jesus. So if you're around there, I'm not super surprised anymore. (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. I'm not around there. No, no, no. (laughs) You're beyond it. I'm beyond it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, 50,000 or something like that. Uh, 25? 25,000. Jesus. 2,500? 2,500. I said 1,000. Oh, it's said oh, it's a thousand. Thousand. Wow. So yeah, you have some catch up to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, that's good. I'm glad you're still enjoying. Uh, I almost said Pokemon Snap, Marvel Snap. <laughs> yes. Two different things. Yeah, two very different things. All right, let's move into the second half of the show. We always start with television, and we're gonna start with television with the sports corner. Hey, it's college football playoffs today. And that yes, all the other bowl games that have happened since don't matter because these no. are the only ones that do. These are the ones that matter because it's TCU versus Michigan and the Ohio State versus the number one ranked Georgia. Yep, both of those games happen today as we are recording, and the college football finale <laughs> will be take place on the tenth, I think. All right, yes. so look forward to that. Obviously, you have the Rose Bowl on New Year's Day as well. Yes. Yeah, but this is but these games don't count towards the Rose Bowl, right? But yeah, just college football fans know. Yes, um, you know the Rose Bowl. Uh, I think maybe one of the last times the Rose Bowl gets played because uh, they're going to renovate and um, remove it. You mean in the Rose Bowl? I'm sure they'll play yes. the Rose Bowl, but it won't be in the Rose Bowl. Yes. Okay. Interesting. All right. I didn't know they were going to work on the Rose Bowl for a while. I mean, it's old. 
So yeah. I get it. But all right. Next up in professional football news, uh, a, a veteran of the sport announces his retirement. None other than JJ Swat. I mean, JJ Watt is yep. retiring. JJ Swat just had a baby. Um, baby attended his first game in an Instagram oh. post. He said, baby's first game and my last home game because the Cardinals are not at home for the last two games. So that's pretty much his retirement form from football. Well, do you think he's really done? Uh, yeah, I mean, he has a kid. He's been injured like in and out of the last couple of days or last couple of seasons. He also got a big paycheck from the Cardinals to go play with them. Right. And I think he sees that with their quarterback, Kyler Murray, they're not going to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. So the um, so it's like, hey, like I've made all my money now. Um, I don't want to keep playing and like injuring my body now that I have a right. kid. Don't take the risk. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Anyway, well, that's uh good yeah, for him. first ballot Hall of Famer JJ Watt announces his retirement. Oh yeah. I mean, he'll definitely be in there. And then lastly, um, hey, we we uh we talk about sports brawls a lot here on the Media Bro podcast last yes. season, and then we have another one. Uh, this time in the NBA, and 11 players have been suspended after a uh, brawl between the Magic and the Pistons. Did you see this brawl at all? I saw a clip of it, and yes. woohoo! <laughs> Basketball players, just like baseball players, they're not wearing anything to protect no. them. <laughs> out, and so this can get bad. Yes. Also note that um, only 10 players are allowed on the court, and 11 players got suspended, so... <laughs> Goes to show you, just bench clearing, just all out yeah. brawl. Wow, damn! While only eleven players did get suspended, um, a lot more, and the teams themselves were fine. But right. we care about the suspensions more. Oh yeah, for sure, because that'll affect the season. Yes, uh, going forward. Yeah, who's who's more hurt by this, the Magic or the Pistons? You think? Uh, Pistons. Pistons. Actually, yeah. Yeah. Well, dang. So. Basketball uh, heating up as we go further into the season here. I mean, as, as soon as we hit that new year, you have to get your all star voting. Yeah, yeah. For yeah. Uh, both basketball and hockey. So get voting, get to it. Let's move on uh, to uh, our first television story of the week. Uh, our only sort of television story of the week. I don't know if you noticed, we're only doing one story this week. Um, oh, I noticed. I hope you noticed too. We noticed. Uh, we're ta- talk about ratings. It's the end of the year, and Nielsen is here to tell us what was popular and what was not. You know, Live for sports. Cable yes. ratings, though, cable. as everything's moved to streaming, but they, provo- they promote their own streaming numbers. Yeah, but I'm not going to surprise anybody when I say live sports are still the king. They're driving linear TV, with ESPN, of course, being among the popular stations, uh, and also among the few top networks to receive a double-digit boost in 2022. Turns out, when sports are actually happening again, people watch it. Yes. <laughs> but crime also pays. Oxygen, with NBC Universal reworked into a true crime network several years ago. I did not know this happened. And uh, received a healthy 10% bump this year. So, they yeah, figured out a lot of like, the live PD stuff goes on Oxygen now. Why is it called that still then? Well, I, I mean, still, what was I don't it called that in the first place? Oxygen's a bad name. Anyways. Um, the biggest gainer, though, in 2022 was Reels Channel at a whopping 107%, granted, from a, a low base, thanks yeah. to the addition of a show formerly known as, what you just said, Live PD. So it's like yeah. cops? Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you know, 
like when we double our, our ratings on a weekly basis, it's going from two viewers to four viewers. Yeah. But still a, a 200% increase. <laughs> still, <laughs> you love to see it if you're them. Overall, though, NBC led the year in total viewers with 5.1 million viewers and with adults 1849 as well. That's the coveted demographic. Wow. NBC, America's most watched network. Or how much that CBS football yeah. on Sunday. And then uh, just its lineup of, well, one, Chicago yeah. lineup on Wednesdays. But they uh, took a page, as they yeah. should have, from the CBS playbook and became basically CBS. And it worked for them. They have, they moved in, they, they uh, pivoted into procedurals and football. Uh, at two was CBS. Three ABC, four Fox, and rounding out your top five, Fox News. Oh boy, of course. It'll never go away. Speaking of losers, this year's losers include the shuttering of G4 TV, which we talked about, and new networks of uh, CNN. News, that should be news, not new. Yeah, news network, new network. News networks, uh, CNN and MSNBC, losing half their viewers combined. I think that that makes some sense. Uh, the last year in news was less exciting, quote unquote, I think, than the last previous a couple of years. Um, less uh, Trump antics to drive viewership, I'm sure, uh, kind of probably led to a uh, drop off. Uh, I think it was uh, MSNBC lost 23 percent and then CNN lost 33 percent yeah. of its viewership. But then uh, you have a big loser here, the CW lost a third of its viewers this year i'm gonna guess that this is due to pretty much everything in their slate being canceled yes Um, a lot of shows that people relied on disappeared and dried up and also i think that they they're in a transition period as they got sold and are being probably rebranded soon so um yeah i don't i can't imagine that this is this is just a sign of where they're at right now i'm sure they'll bounce back maybe if uh these new owners try to do something different with the network and unlike the end of last year, this year we don't see, as I haven't seen any network rebrandings for the start of the new year. Right. Yeah, I know. We see some of those already, typically, and we're not mm-hmm. seeing them right at, right yet. But we'll see later, I'm sure. Let's move on to some television thoughts. We went Netflix happy this week. We watched a couple of Netflix uh, season premieres. Uh, finales. Alice in Borderlands had Finale. season two. Oh. Uh, season one was in 2020 um, because everyone wanted to watch some crime or some yeah. uh, Saw-like games murdering in 2020. And then that led way to uh, Squid Game being the most popular show. So, yeah, uh, you're going to have to remind me what this is because the name does not do a service about what this is. Because when you say Alice in Borderlands, I think two things. One, Alice in Wonderland. Yes. Not what this is. And two... The video game series Borderlands, which is also not what this is. What is Alice in Borderlands again? It's a combination of the both. <laughs> um, it's not. Uh, well, it's Saw, where <laughs> people are placed into these games, um, these brutally, sometimes bloody games, Gross. and winners get a card, like a playing deck card. Okay. Um, that was season one, where they were ranked, uh, where games were ranked from one to ten. And then based on the different suit, what type of games they were of a club based game, meaning it's a group game. Spade is speed. Uh, diamond is strength. And then heart is emotional play with your heart. 
So that was season one, where it was basically setting a lot of it was setting up the world, and then it, it, season one ended on a cliffhanger of now that the was it there's sixty two cards in a deck, so now that the forty games have been played, um, they were going to go into the face games, the face card games, the hard ones, Ooh. and that's where season two is. It's not a lot of games. It's only, what was it, like 12 games in total? Because they're all face cards, the Jack, Queen, King, and Ace. Or sorry, Jack, Queen, and King of the four different suits. Okay. So while there's not as many games played this time around in Season 2, they're a lot more intense, a lot more ratcheted up, and there's one... King of Spades, because they couldn't do the Ace of Spades, because that was already given away. Um, where yeah, just a guy, just a mercenary going around just mowing everyone down. It was like, yeah, if you kill me, you win. I was like, that's weird. That's not what any of the other games were. They had like set rules, not just go kill this one guy. <laughs> I'm King of the Hill here. Uh, but so yeah, a lot of the games it, were interesting. How does it rank alongside something similar, which is, of course, the immensely popular Squid Game? Uh, it's a lot more mm, personal. You're following the same kind of group of people. Character driven. Character driven, especially in season two compared to season one, because season one's all set up like you're still being introduced to a bunch of new characters every couple episodes. Charles trying to get some flow with the world. Mm. Now in season two, now that you know what the world is set up, it's more of a free for all of instead of like, oh, Skybeam, go to it to win a game. It's we have blimps flying around the city now of here's where this card is come win if you think come if you think you can win yeah uh, a lot more like strategy games um a lot more fun games too i don't know yeah. if fun is the right word if it, since they die at the end yeah i don't know fun mm, i don't know about that <laughs> uh it's more strategy games in how they end up winning the games okay yeah. uh but Cool. Your main villain is the Queen of Hearts because Alice in Wonderlands. That checks out. It very checks out. As well as um, the whole reason they're here. And that's where I get kind of muddied in the waters. <laughs> so I can easily go to spoiler here with Alice in Borderlands. It's fine. <laughs> Which is what, what I'm saying. Like, if you haven't seen it, here's your, here's your warning for spoilers. All right. At the very end of the series, it is revealed that all these people who are in this Borderlands area have died. So there's a so in the real world, there's a meteor that hits the city of Tokyo and just rubble and destruction everywhere. Okay. And people who are closer to where the meteor was hit die first, and then so on and so forth. So people are coming into the Borderlands via dilation of how, time dilation of how far away from the blast they were. It's uh, Final Fantasy VII, got it. (laughs) So from from there, there is an afterlife. (laughs) But because of the way this meteor hit, like, it was very random, so this afterlife, this Borderlands, gives them a chance to Go back to the real world if they should win the game. So it's, that's it's, what the it's end is. Beyond white or the good place. 
Yeah, that's what the end is. Is after they beat the Queen of Hearts, it's <laughs> congratulations. Everyone who is still alive now has a choice to remain in the Borderlands or to go back to the real world. This show seems too complicated. Well, it's based off a of manga, so that yeah. checks out. So check- lots, lots of different story-driven elements. But here's the thing that gets me is if these are all games, supposed to be games of chance and mm-hmm. luck, and if you win, you get back to real life. Mm-hmm. Why is there a mercenary in there whose sole purpose is to kill everyone and send them to the afterlife? <laughs> That's not much of a chance, is it? No, turns out. Also, when you have games where there can only be one winner out of a group of five, that's not really much of a chance game, is it? It's more of, I'm just going to straight up, like, you guys, like, four of you need to go to the afterlife now. Four of you need to die. <laughs> There's no way, uh, unlike, like, Saw, or, like, other, like um, Squid Game, where there is a way to win the game, for most of the games in Alice in Borderlands, there is no winner. Like, they're obviously set up for X amount of people to die. Okay. And that's my problem with it. Is like, if this is truly like, like it's supposed to be an afterlife, like redemption, then you need to have better gameplay, better rules than just, oh, one guy's here, like with the AK 47 walking around just <laughs> infinite mags and killing everyone, Call of Duty <laughs> style. I think you're um, perhaps overthinking this work uh, of fiction. <laughs> Am I? <laughs> You're like, they should bring me and I can design a better Alice in Borderlands games. It's not even, that's the thing, though. That something is not even a game. It's just straight up, like, pick a number one through a hundred. We're going to take the average of it, and only one person wins. Yeah. Not like, we'll take the average, and whoever's the lowest or furthest away, like, gets a negative point. No. Everyone gets a negative point except for the person who was the closest. Well, how about this? Do you think they're going to do a season three? They've so there's no season three of the mangas. Okay, but there is Game of Thrones did where they've reached the end of the content that they have available. Okay, yeah. So there is a way that they could do a season three, Uh which is the Joker card. Ooh, that's not a card. It is in the manga. It is, but (laughs) so they could do a season three, but I don't think they should do a season three. Okay. Even though you have apparently patch notes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I have some uh, Cliff patch notes that they need to rework in to this Borderland arena. <laughs> well, I don't know about uh, the the rules of the Alice in Borderlands, but however, the rules in a certain other Netflix uh, reality show are changing by the second, and we're happy to uh, say that they're absolutely bonkers this year in the Media Boat Podcast favorite reality show. The circle. I told you, the circle just lives on the edge of its seats. The circle has no rules. The circle has no rules. It invents the rules on the way. It right, literally does. Our, the circle uh, is full on producer driven. Yes. We're going to make up these rules as we go. Well, it just so happens that our uh, resident circle correspondent is here to report from the scene about this premiere of season four. Um, what, what what's the big uh, what's the big news in season four of the circle? Are we saying like the very end big news or? I mean, I mean start from the top. You know, like like introduce it a little bit, like like you know podcast. <laughs> so as usual, there's a bunch of people that live by themselves, and we're trying uh-huh. to sniff out catfish, even though that's not a good strategy. The <laughs> game is to 
be the most popular. Uh-huh. And somehow people are like, I'm going to sniff out the catfish. Who cares if they're a catfish if you like them? That's the main thing is that you're trying to see who is the most likable. And the answer is Raven, Chaz, and Marvin. Um, and Sam. Those are my top four right now. Mm-hmm. As soon as Xanthi and Brett came in, I was like, those two are going to get voted out first. And I was right. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> and, but I also, this makes no sense. So every season so far, or like a lot of the seasons so far, like people that get voted out get the chance to come back as a catfish. And so if I was one of the originals, and two people got voted out on the first night, like, I'd be like, mm, I think they, and then two new people came in, I'd be like, mm, I think one of these people is a catfish, and it's probably the two people that got voted out. Like, that's what, but people are dumb. I feel like the <laughs> the influencers this year, like, the top people this year are clueless like they do not know what's happening they're just like i'm just here to have fun whatever like raven didn't even realize britney was a catfish get out of here like the most catfishy catfish (laughs) like that man was not a 20 year old woman and (laughs) (laughs) but most importantly about the circle Uh uh-huh is we get to the end of episode four and mother effing Shumi is back. You, you can you can curse on this podcast for an explicit podcast. Well, I'm not going to say it because <laughs> I. What if one of my babies sees? I don't think any of them will be watching the media book podcast. Well, if you're a child that comes to my story time, I don't curse it really. <laughs> um, this isn't real life. This is a podcast. So, so, so if you die on a podcast, you die in real life. Oh, no! <laughs> anyway. No one told me that. I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm so stoked to see what Shubi has. I love, I was literally just talking about how much I miss Shubi. Like, <laughs> season one was the greatest. Like, uh, season one, they didn't know, we didn't know what we were going into. January 1st, 2020, like, <laughs> holy crap, like, we did not see that coming. How did and they know? How did they know? How did the circle know? A circle, a reality show is, the entire premise is based on quarantining everyone. How, what did they know that we didn't? You know how I told, okay, so everybody knows that what you do on January 1st is what you do for the rest of the year. <laughs> and um, so, and literally January 1st, 2020, I watched The Circle, uh-huh. and guess what we did for all of 2020? Stayed inside by ourselves! Anyways. Um, Anyways. So, yeah, I'm so excited to see Shuby. I'm The new competitors that are coming in seem like a lot, and <laughs> um, I'm very excited. I, all right. I another exciting season of okay. my favorite reality show. So, so that was a good recap. Um, so now, I guess the question is, to to moderate this for the panel a little bit: um, Who are feeling? You already kind of said about your favorite people. Who do we think are the strongest and the weakest right now? Uh, Raven's very strong this year. Um, just because everyone just gravitates towards her and yeah, just likes her. Also, Paris. Yeah. He's great, even though he's not a competitor. Yeah. He's her sign language interpreter, if you haven't watched. But uh, 
he's great. Love him. Um, yeah, the thing with Raven, though, we were shocked how gullible she was about the Brit- fake Britney about the story break Britney. Yeah. and how quickly that turned her. And I that was the frustra- most frustrating part so far this season for me. I was just like, okay, really? How predictable is this? Also, Chaz was such a hypocrite when he was like, the first thing he says in the, like, the, 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 when they have to talk to each the other. bubble. Yeah. Yeah. The hangout. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. was, I can't like, like believe that you were like, of course she came to you, like talking about Brittany coming to Ravens. Like, of course she came to you. She just wants to be saved. Dude, do you have any memory? That's exactly what fake ass Bruno did to you and mm-hmm. you fell for it. Except the thing is, the thing is, <laughs> That Chaz was right. Is Britney was not bringing anything I mean, yes. to the group. Like Britney said, like nothing. Like, <laughs> and when she did, it was so boring. Like, yeah. oh, and I'm like, girl, like get out of here. And meanwhile, what like, you mean guy, get out of here. Yeah, yeah. Like meanwhile, yeah, get out right now. <laughs> like, it's the end of you and Jojo. me. <laughs> um, you Jojoed his ass. Yeah, <laughs> but like. And I realize, like, I realize that Bruno was also a catfish, but Bruno like adds more. You like not that much more. Like Bruno's probably next, but like, yeah. um, unless it's Jennifer, please God, get rid of Jennifer. Honestly, honestly, I think where we're at right now is I think that the catfishes are the worst catfishes we've seen in a while. Surprisingly, except for Jennifer, who I don't know how those two are keeping that illusion, but they're doing a really good job. I don't think anybody suspects them, which is wild to me because like. Every other season, people have been like, oh, there's an old person. Right. Like, I don't know. No one's questioning it. Everybody's just like, oh, she's inoffensive. Oh, she's she's fine. So yeah. Everybody wants a circle mom. Like, it's so weird. Because in, you pointed out in the past that that has not been a good tactic. The circle moms have usually been targeted and found out. But this is an exception to that that rule. But also, uh, also... It is fun to watch Jennifer because I think we've just <laughs> oh, like yes. noticed is that Xanthi like Xanthi is totally into Brett and is always like wearing yeah. literally like, her <laughs> whole asses out. And oh yeah, no, like, we're sitting over here and, waiting for them to just like pounce on each other. Well, that's no, the thing Brett, that's not happening because like, Brett's body language is he wants nothing to do with her. <laughs> Notice every time that she tries to get his attention, or like he's con- she's constantly like pushing it, like t- contact, you know, like things mm-hmm. people do when they're attracted to someone. You know what Brett's body language has been? Staring forward to the television yeah, is- and not giving her like time of day. Like <laughs> you know the bit where there's like, oh, he's doing push-ups and she's gonna do the cute thing where she sits on on him. Yeah, I was telling her, I was like, I bet that was an about thirty minutes of her being like. Let me do it. Let me sit on you while you're doing push-ups. Let me do it. And he was just like, <laughs> fine. <laughs> he finally did it. They were out in the hot tub. Like, she yes. was full-on in the hot yes. tub. Like, the... Up, way up here. And then the next thing, see, you see her, she's gone up to him. Yeah. Got out of the, the, the hot tub because he never came in. It's literally the first... Like the first like ten minutes, Brett looks at Xanthi's profile and, and he's like, like, "Oh, I know her. She's got a handful. She's gonna be a problem." He was like, "I should do something about that, but I shouldn't." Like, <laughs> you can just, a whole story is in that sentence, right? Is like he's dealt with so many of those kind of girls that he's like, "No, I know what's good for me, and I do not want to end up with somebody annoying like her." <laughs> So shouldn't he be on uh, Too Hot to Handle then? I know. It seems like he's like a, yeah. well, apparently he was he's the one who was brother. a big brother. six. Yeah, like, big brother. Something like that. So it's like, he's been there, done that. 
also Dancy out here giving us Greek girls. She <laughs> <laughs> was like, I'm Greek. I yeah. was like, we don't, we don't, <laughs> we don't expect. Yesterday she was like, yesterday she was like, oh, I bet she's only like a quarter. <laughs> quarter Greek. No, she's probably half Greek like me. I bet she but doesn't look it. Doesn't look Greek. A little bit. She doesn't. Yeah. I guess she's gonna have curly hair. Yeah. There's a lot of straight. Straight hair, people. I don't know. Anyway, it's been a fun, entertaining season. I'm excited to see what they do, especially with this addition of an old player uh, who will likely catfish. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I guarantee it. I do, no I way do. that he plays himself because they would all know immediately who he is and and know that they basically are going to lose to him. Um, so I think that he plays a catfish as a strategy, and it's a big reveal when they all meet each other. It's like, ah. Do you think? I... Well, because he came in as himself last time, huh? He came in as himself last time. Yes. In the first season. So, yeah. So I can't imagine. Thing again. Again. I think they might have a rule about that. I don't think mm-hmm. you can be yourself again. But, um, but, but yes, Marvin has also, been a blast to watch. Marvin brings me so much joy. <laughs> he said, laughing my ass out. Which <laughs> 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 cracks me up. He's just so cute. Like, and, yeah, the, I, the I one thing Marvin I want to see. Yeah, circle I was gonna say like the thing with the, the thing with the Marvin and Raven is actually very cute, and I hope that they keep going on that. Uh, but anyway, we we're going really long, so yes. okay, that's enough circle. <laughs> that's enough circle. Come back around next. We'll week. recap. Yes, we'll week. circle back to it later. Yeah. <laughs> I see what you did there. Circle. circle. So thank you, Circle Correspondent. Uh, you might join us uh, later for our bonus podcast. So, all right, let's move on. Anything else in television we should need to talk about before we move to, on to cancellations and renewals? Mm, no. Nope. Nope. All right. Cancellations and renewals this week. What am I? No uh, longer no cancellations. Well, no, no cancellations. Or renewals. Just However, that. we do have a few deaths, including uh, rule of three ones from yes. last year or from last night, uh, yesterday. Yep. Rule of threes happened. Rule of threes happened. First up, Pele. Famous soccer player Pele, age 82, Brazilian footballer, of course, known for Santos national team in uh, Spain. Brazil, Brazil, Brazil national sorry. team. Brazil. Uh, world champion in 1958, 1962, 1970. Of course, legend of soccer. Uh, everybody knows Pele. Um, and yeah, so that was, but age 82, I feel like that's about about where uh, we expected. But Well, he seemed very old when they had the Brazil Olympics in 2016. Yes. And they trotted him out for that. I mean, that was around the time where he showed up on uh, stage at E3 for uh, EA's FIFA that year, and he had a whole long speech. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, um, definitely has been, pl- like, like has a legacy, of course, and a very, very successful career. So, uh, yeah, sad one, but uh, we, he will be missed. Next up in the world of television news, last night we lost Barbara Walters, age 93. Of course, a Hall of Fame TV journalist. Today's show, 2020, name it. Her own talk show specials. For a while, she was the interview uh, person. If you got an interview with Barbara Walters, uh, it was you were a big deal. Or, and uh, that was the way for a while. And of course, then kind of did, uh, became a personality on The View for years. Um, yeah, definitely will be missed. Had a style of interview that I think is still copied today. Um, established kind of a new standard, I think, in a lot of way of the celebrity or uh, interview for a while. Yep. Um, and every year, end of every year, 
her 10 most fascinating people. Yes, yes, always. List. And you and even said it the way that she said it. Yes. They were always, <laughs> I always look forward to that list. Like, who's the most fascinating person of, 20, <laughs> of, of that year? Yeah, so... So yeah, she will definitely be missed. But age ninety three, definitely. Uh, yes, long, long career. So there you go. And then this one, I didn't know. Did this happen today? This morning? Uh, I woke up to this this morning. So uh, we knew that he was in uh, the hospital and on watch. Yeah. Um, the Pope, Pope Benedict the Sixteenth, has passed. Yeah, I don't, uh, we have a surprised face over here. Of course. Uh, of German uh, origin uh, was the Pope from tw- 2005 to 2013. Yes, that is not the current Pope. Not the current That's the Pope that resigned it in 2013. The resigned yes. Pope, yes. Benedict the 16th. Yes, the one that everyone hated. Well, yeah. The the, the very strict in uh, 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 theology Pope. That yes, was. The, the very anti-everything Pope. Right, yeah. Short-lived, but uh, yeah. So yeah, uh, but the but the Catholic Church, I'm sure, is more in mourning and uh, will be for quite a little bit, as they always are when a pope uh, dies. So yes, they raise the red smoke. Is that is that a thing? Did you just make that up? Well, what is it? It's the white smoke is the, when they pick a pope. Why is when they pick a pope? Black is if they don't pick a pope. Oh, and then is it red the passing? I don't know. That's why I'm asking. I'm not Catholic. Okay, I don't know. Where's Mark? Mark? Yeah, where's Mark? <laughs> All right, let's move on to the last section here, which is movies. And we start the movie section with the weekend box office numbers. Of course, Avatar The Way of Water is still your number one. That's another $63 million to its total. It's a 261 domestic. So leads the pack, I think, um, in uh, the year, right? Or no? No, no, not yet. But it's getting there. Not yet domestically. Oh, worldwide it does, yeah. Yes, but it'll get there. Yes. Number two, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. $12 million. That's at 18. I want to say that's technically a wide release debut this week. Uh, Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, technically, it gets wider. Yeah, it was a Christmas release, I believe. Yep. So, yeah, Puss in Boots. Number three, I Want to Dance with Somebody, a debut this week with $4.7 million. Number four, Babylon also debuts this week, $3.6 million. And number five, Violent Night, staying around. Five point three point five. You do not have the domestic total here, but because uh, it did not debut this week. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that's supposed to be that. That's thirty three point five million dollars. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, I think uh, the story this week has been the disappointing performance of Babylon. I think it follows in the footsteps of the equally Amsterdam. disappointing Amsterdam. Um, turns out that these big ticket, formerly big ticket directors, are not bringing in the crowds like they used to. So is David O. Russell and uh, Damien Chazelle, you're both on watch. I don't think they're a big ticket directors. They're definitely like in baseball, like in Hollywood known directors. But outside of them, I think this is both of these are mainly cast driven films. Yeah. But regardless, they used to be bigger deals. I mean, La La Land almost won Best Picture. Let's be real. And to see Babylon. It did for all of. Two minutes. Or two seconds, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Babylon to premiere to this like kind of measly, and nobody's talking about it. That's the other thing. Mm-hmm. I think the only person I saw tweeting about Babylon yesterday was Ken Jennings. Which <laughs> <laughs> checks out, that's his brand. But uh, but yeah, I was like, wow, no one's talking about Babylon. No one talked about Amsterdam. The next question is, Does is uh, the new Noah Baumbach film White Noise, is anybody going to care about that either? Uh 
I don't think so. It'll be interesting to see if anyone cares about the Transport Coppola yeah. Metropolis coming out next year, right. too. I for, keep forgetting that even exists. It's a weird time for your big critical, like, your critical darling directors. It seems like even nothing... Even Spielberg and the Fablemans came and went. Yeah, I mean, the Fablemans, I think, will have probably a... Bless you. I think that'll be one of those Oscar buzz mm-hmm. put back in theaters in March kind of things. I think then that's when you'll see the numbers for that uh, that kind of thing. And maybe these maybe as well, but we'll see. It seems like a weird, weird time for your big Oscar bait films. Anyway, upcoming this week, though, we do have a couple of releases that are definitely not Oscar bait. Well, at least one of them isn't. Uh, unless there's an award for best choreography, because <laughs> it's M3, M3, M3gan or Megan, uh, the horror movie with the dancing de- fool, uh, weird doll lady. Dancing doll. <laughs> a robot? She's a robot, right? She's a robot, yeah. yeah uh, She's an AI robot that does the weird robot. dance thing. <laughs> but yeah, that's out this week, uh, as well as Women Talking. Yeah, that's your um, biopic women talking and talking so there you go those are your new releases this week something for everyone yeah something for the new year let's put that way unless you're just gonna go back and see avatar yeah or convince other people that hey even been a movie in a while go see avatar yes speaking of our one story this week is about the global box office as you hinted it is the end of the year so let's recap the big winners Avatar The Way of Water did reach 1.1 billion days in just 15 or billion days, <laughs> billion dollars in just 15 days, making it the global box office winner of 2022. Uh, so even though I was right about the first week being a little bit of a disappointment, I was wrong about this. Uh, they definitely uh, lapped Black Panther here. The international total stands at $810 million, which is enough to overtake Top Gun Maverick which was at 770, as the number one international release of 22. Avatar The Way of Water now has bragging rights to being the fastest to a billion dollars since Spider-Man No Way Home last December, and the quickest to make the mark in calendar year 2022. It has also become only the sixth film ever to cross one billion dollars in the first two weeks, and the fourth Disney release to do so. Of course, the original Avatar is grandfathered into this because it was not a Disney film upon its release, but now it is. But, uh, but yeah, um, this, of course, makes it join the ranks of the first Avatar and James Cameron's other big hit, Titanic, as your huge money-making top six releases. Yep. Uh, worldwide box office, uh, your number one is Avatar. Yeah. Uh, number two, Top Gun Maverick. Number three, Jurassic World Dominion. Okay. Always uh, big. Number four, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Really? <clears throat> And rounding out your top five, Minions, The Rise of Gru. That, that, of course, is your worldwide box office. That's interesting. Would you have seen that coming, coming that that's the one Marvel on here, not Black Panther, that it's Doctor Strange? Well, yes, because international release. Yeah. As for your uh, domestic release, though, number one is still Top Gun Maverick with $718 domestically. Wow. Whereas Avatar is being carried by the international markets. Um, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever is your number two domestic uh, with $434 million. Then at three is Doctor Strange with 411 Avatar, as we just mentioned, with um, 261 Well, actually, it's gone up another 
hundred since then, so it's at three eighty two currently. Mm-hmm. And rounding out your top five with three hundred seventy six million dollars, Jurassic World Dominion. So no matter what you want to say and hate on it, say that it was a bad movie, which it was, <laughs> it still crossed the billion dollar mark. So does yeah. Universal care what you think? No, they're going to keep giving money to what's his name, and they're going to keep making those. Yes. Um, yeah, I think the name, the, the franchise still has cachet. I think they're easy movies to like, especially uh, for like people who are begging for those big temple action releases. It's one of the few franchises left. I mean, it's Marvel, Jurassic Park, and Avatar. What else do you got? There hasn't been a Star Wars in a few in a hot seconds, so it's like that's all we really have for those big temples. Yeah, even um, DC's uh, highest film, The Batman, yeah, only hit three sixty nine in in the US. I mean, again, only three sixty nine. In comparison to some of these, yeah, I mean, Jesus, Top Gun seven hundred eighteen domestic. Yeah, that's wild. Anyway, that's how it got to one point four billion dollars worldwide. Popular, Um, popular movie, but. Looking at the box office for this year, there is definitely a huge drop off between um, Marvel films, uh, mm-hmm. the last top films being Thor, Love and Thunder, and then technically Spider Man No Way Home because <laughs> Christmas release and then into New Year, yeah. where those were at 340 and 230. And then a huge drop off to 190 million for Sonic the Hedgehog 2 oh. and everything else below yeah. $190 million this year. I mean, it was a weird year. I feel like this was the uh, the draft learning to walk kind of year of the box office, where it's like after some doldrums, um, we finally have people going to movies again, but they're being very choosy about what they see and when. So you had a slow summer followed by a surprising fall, uh, besides, of course, Top Gun being the exception for the summer. Um, but yeah, I mean, people are seeing movies again, so 2023 is going to be the interesting bellwether. Uh 18 movies hit at. 100 million or more. Yeah, which is more than the previous two years. Yep. So. Uh, but unfortunately, everything, everywhere, all at once, only made 69 million dollars at the box office. I would say nice, but I already used that joke. Yes, he did. But yeah. All right. Well, that's it. Uh, do we have? Do we have any movie thoughts? I mean, don't think so. No. 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 Uh, oh, I did watch half of Black Adam. <laughs> That's about how much you should yes yes <laughs> all right did it realign your expectations for the dc universe no no <laughs> no it, it broke the hierarchy of power and then yeah. broke its own rules several times oh boy well anyways less talked about the better but the more talked about the podcast is the better because hey thank you because that will do it for this episode and that will do it for the season of the media Bowl podcast yes. and 2022 Yes, thank you for another year of joining us for this podcast, whether you're a continuing listener or you joined us this year. Hey, we thank you for your ears and your viewership. I mean, just briefly, I mean, this was a big year for us. We had uh, another successful year of wrap up episodes. We had a good March Madness this year. We had like all sorts of fun and we had our first fan questions. Thank you uh, to everybody. Well, everybody, the person who submitted (laughs) uh, some questions for us to answer. Thank you so much. Um, I'm happy to announce, by the way, also that the uh, Media Boat Podcast website is going to be up to date from now on. I swear 
um, the wrap-up episodes are on there. So if you want to check out those, those uh, audio files are up there posted for you to enjoy on our website. So if you want to do so, that's mediaboatpodcast.com. All those stories, you can comment on them. So please leave comments if you have thoughts, questions, anything about the show. We will talk about it on the show if you do, because we're not done yet. We have another whole special episode coming to your podcast feed later today that will all be about a year-end wrap-up of 2022. Everything outside of the stuff we already covered, as I said, on top of the show. So tune in for that. That'll be available later today. And then, uh, but besides that, we'll see you next in person. Well, in person via the internet. Um, Next week for our first episode of 2023 and the beginning of a new season. Uh, season seven Woo! next week. Season seven six, on the seventh. Six, seven, six. I thought you said it was five finale. Six, this is five. Oh, season six. Six. Yeah, season six next week. But who's counting? Uh, <laughs> uh, we are. <laughs> 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Wait, the start of season seven. Wait, no. 22, 23. 23. Start season eight? Did we miss how, a season? Where where are we counting this off of? Like, how are we doing this? Like one full season is twenty sixteen. You need to look at the thing exactly when we started. Was it January of twenty sixteen? Yeah. Well, episode zero was like Christmas of twenty fifteen. So twenty sixteen. 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 7. 7. Okay. 7. Okay. Well, hey, right. <laughs> everybody knows that the best seasons of The Simpsons were 7 and 8. So we got our best episodes coming uh, starting now. So get ready. Yeah, All right. And we'll, yeah. Um, you can email us at mutualpodcast.com. Facebook, yes, mutualpodcast. Plug everywhere. So yeah, um, yeah. So you can catch us in our your audio feed by any podcast service that you subscribe to, just by searching Media Boat Podcasts. So Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Spotify, anywhere. Just search Media Boat Podcast. You can find these regular episodes as well as our year-end wrap-up episodes, as well as an archive going back for years, as we mentioned, of all sorts of stuff. So look forward to that. YouTube.com is where you can search Media Boat Podcast to find our channel where we upload live videos of our podcast when we record live. Check that out as well. Leave a comment, uh, subscribe, click the bell for notifications when we do live shows. You can also find us on social media. On Twitter, we're at Media Boat Cast. Facebook, search Media Boat Podcast and you'll find our page. And then, uh, like I said, MediaBoatPodcast.com is where you can go to see a visual interpretation of our audio episodes. So go check that out as well a fun feature that i've started tagging those uh with all the stuff we talk about check out our tag cloud which is at the bottom of the navigation it's fascinating the biggest words are the things we've talked about the most so taylor swift playstation is among the biggest things uh on that list um activision microsoft yeah so you can see what we've talked about the most in the calendar year if you check out that tag cloud it's really fascinating anyways uh that'll do it this week we will see you guys next week for a regular episode or stay tuned for on your podcast feed today for that year-end wrap-up and that'll do it for 2022 thank you for joining us we'll be back next week and next year and next season see you then all right bye. bye